Awesome. Well, Alyssa, thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast. Mike and I saw um, uh, a few news articles most recently in CBS News that um, you've recently completed. Well, I don't know how recent it is. Maybe it was in 2020, but you completed 95 marathons back to back. Consecutive 95 freaking marathons Nuts. back to back. So what, what the heck made you start that? Um, so really it was a combination of things. So my husband's military, so we were actually stationed over in Italy at the time and, uh, everything was getting canceled. So I was signed up. I, I'm an ultra runner by trade and, um, and I had all these awesome races lined up. We were actually moving from Italy back to the States. And so I was like, I'm going to hit it hard. Like iconic European races. Let's go. And then, uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Everything started getting canceled. So I was like, what do I do with all of this endurance and training that I've kind of built up? Like, I don't want to just, I don't know. I I, like, I needed a challenge, but I also didn't want something where it was like a one-off where if I did it and then I have to recover and then I'm sitting, like we're sitting in our house and not being able, so in Italy, we couldn't even go outside can't go outside, can't live normal life. So I just randomly was like, what if I run a marathon every day? And I thought it would just be until we could go outside and kind of live a little bit more normally, um, which is going to be about 14 days. And then it got (laughs) extended and it just, it took off. Yeah. It just kept going. (laughs) So you were an ultra marathoner before um, you ventured off into running these consecutive marathons. How long have you been running ultras? I've been running ultras, um, I guess, almost seven years now. So I started like right out of college um, when I was 22. I ran my first, my first hundred miler was hurt 100, and I was 23. Damn. Um, so <laughs> pretty, Jeez. yeah. Jumped jumped into the big leagues pretty quickly, um, and yeah, I've been running and racing uh, consistently since then. Um, and I also come from a bit of an endurance background in high school and college. Uh, I wasn't a college runner, but I was a lacrosse player. And during the summers I would always get invested in like long trail runs or triathlons. So I think that that kind of consistency of training really helped a lot. So when when you started uh, doing the ultras, was was it? I feel like it may may have not been as mainstream as it is now. How how did you get to yeah. finding it? Um, it was not as mainstream. It's insane to me how like when I first started doing ultras, people barely knew about it, and now it's like, oh, you're not sure. Like, cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I did a fifty k, or I did David Goggins challenge. You're like, wow, this is exploded. Instead of just being looked at like you're a psycho. Um, so (laughs) let's see. Um, how did I get into it? I read ultra marathon man when I was like 10 years old. What? And I know, yeah, I, I'm an English teacher. So I guess I, I really love reading and, um, my family. So my dad's, uh, was a triathlete and marathon runner. My mom's done like crazy endurance stuff, like biking across the country, biking across Europe. Family around the world, like it makes sense. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why they bought that book, and they probably regret it slightly <laughs> now. Um, but I read it yeah, as a kid, and I I hated running at the time. I like field sports all day, but just running, no way. 
but something about it connected with me and I was like, I want to do that one day. Um, and so I had said, I want to run a marathon when I graduate college, uh, just to stay in shape. And um, I kind of discovered through triathlons that I really only liked the running part. I was like, hey, they make these things called running races. Maybe I should just do that. Um, and so I don't exactly know why, but I skipped the marathon and went straight to a 50K wow. and uh, followed a how. Higdon's training plan in the back of the book for 50k and was like, all right, I, I followed it like it's like to the mileage. It was really, I, I'm a pretty like, I don't know, I wouldn't say I'm the most organized or structured person, but I was just like, if I follow this mileage, I should be able to finish. And um, it ended up my first 50k ended up going really well, and I just kind of fell in love with it and realized like oh, when it gets, like the distance gets longer, that seems to be kind of my jam. So yeah, let's keep going further. And this book is called uh, 100 Mile Man. What did you, what, what did you say? Or um, Ultra Marathon Man. Ultra it's Marathon um, Dean Carnassus' book. So This podcast episode is brought to you by BCN Supplements. Mike and I have teamed up with BCN and we're so excited about it. Now, if you're new to the fitness world or you're just starting to get in, BCN has legitimately everything you're looking for, whether you want healthier hair, skin, um, nails, if you want to get a good pre-workout drink, or if you want a vitamin, BCN has what you need. One of their products I love is their collagen mix. It's legitimately so easy to use. I know what you're thinking, why is a guy taking collagen? But it helps with everything, muscle recovery, muscle mass, it helps with your hair, skin elasticity, and you can take it with anything. You can put it in water, you can put it in pancake mix. I take protein pancake mix, so I like to use it in that. Or you can put it in coffee if you're on the go. Um, just one scoop is all you need, and you're gonna help your hair, your skin, muscle mass, muscle, your joints, everything. Head to bcnsubs.com to place your order today and be sure to use CWJM to receive a whopping 10% off your next purchase. And be sure to check them out on Instagram at BCN Supplements. BCN Supplements, helping build a better you from the inside out. In that book, reading it, what, what just stuck out to you that really motivated you and, and, and gave you the courage and confidence to actually do one? Um, I think there was something really appealing about the way that he described just being able to see so much territory on your own two feet. I think there's something really special about the connection you make to the places that you go uh, when you discover them on foot. And I think that really stood out to me. Um, also just the, the group of people that he found. Um, I, community is really important to me in ultra running. It always has been. And so I think him kind of describing this niche group of people and now it's gotten bigger, but at the time it was pretty small. I think that also appealed to me. And I think that there's something that's incredibly exciting. And I don't know if I fully realized it, you know, when I was that young, but I think there's something really exciting about like, how far can you go? How far can you push these boundaries of like impossible? Um, and so I think that that just really, yeah, it really stood out to me. So, what is the the total mileage for ninety five marathons back to back? Um, uh -oh. it is like I figured it's I, like twenty four hundred. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's almost, I think across the U S it's pretty close. That's crazy. Did, and, and he's looking, yeah, I'm gonna look it. um, and throughout <laughs> this process, I mean, it's, it had to have been your life pretty much for a while. I, I bet you it got, I bet you had some tough days where you're like, why am I doing this anymore? And, um, just kind of like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'd imagine. So, and it's such a routine. Uh, did you wake up every morning at the same time to start? Uh, what was the process of getting these things knocked out? Yeah. So it did very little bit. So out of in a bit of a wrinkle to everything is that we were moving um, across the world back to the United States. So my routine in Italy also changed from like primarily treadmills to running outside when we were allowed to. Um, I, at the time worked, uh, I worked for the fitness division of the Navy. So um, my work was literally just going in and hanging out. And so I was like, I might as well uh, <laughs> utilize this time. Um, so that when, when it was that kind of phase, um, I would generally try to start between like seven thirty and eight and then, you know, finish it generally, it took me between anywhere from like a fast one would be right around four hours to my slowest one was like almost five hours, but right around like four, anywhere from four ten to like four twenty to 25 was kind of my sweet spot. Um, and so yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, the morning's work, get done mid to late morning and uh, eat some food, take a shower, eat some more food. If I was lucky, like, because at the time with COVID, I mean, there just wasn't, there wasn't a lot to do, especially in Italy. So it was like, might as well uses up some energy. I have a lot of energy. So it could be channeled into like anxiety about not being able to do anything or it could be channeled into running a marathon. So yeah that was kind of uh, how it was. And then um, when we had to travel, that kind of changed things up. Um, and then when we got to, we were moving to Florida um, for my husband uh, to go to a Navy school. And I had to start at like five thirty in the morning because it's so dang hot in Florida. Oh, um, you bet. You bet. So. You. We're, we're in Texas. So we're basically oh, the same gosh. climate now. I yeah. Can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. So that, that shifted things a lot earlier in the day, um, for sure. Like motivation to get out, not dying at ten o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> and you, uh, so was there a certain number when you knew you had it, or did you have, did you did you know you were going to do that amount, or did you no, just keep I, going until you, you didn't want to do it no more? Um, it was kind of a combination of things. So I. Like I said, originally that would be like 14 or so. And then it ended up just kind of kept going because we were still super locked out. Then at like 25, I had a friend mention like, maybe you should look at the record. So I looked at the record, which was 60. And at that point, you're like, I'm halfway. Okay. Like, so that's right around 30. I was like, I think I'm going to go for it. Um, but that was also, so we were moving right in the fifties. So I was just like, there's no way logistically this is going to work. Like somebody's going to get messed up because it's the Navy too. So like everything changes all the time. Um, and it just like, we figured it out. My husband's a saint. Uh, and so <laughs> then I was going to do 65, but then it turned into 75. And then, um, so the reason then I was like, I'm going to do a hundred and I'm going to stop at a hundred. Cause I, um, I did want to stop and I did 
want to start training. Like I wanted to recover and then train for other races um, in the fall. And so the reason for 95 is actually that my husband ended up getting COVID from someone who he worked with and he gave it to me. So at like nine, 93-ish, I was like, I feel really bad. I like this, either my body is just saying, nah, we're good, or there's something more happening. Um, so when I started not being able to taste anything, mm. getting really nauseous and just feeling like, wow, I am messed up. Um, I, I had always said, you know, I'm going to stop if I really start feeling like medically bad because we don't need to have me putting myself in a rough spot because of these dumb marathons and we're in a global pandemic. Um, so I, I'm 96. I ran eight miles and was like, this is not, this is not good. So I stopped. Um, and it was 95. So that's, that's really impressive. What was like some of the recovery things that you were doing after you ran? Like what I imagine, um, I think the most we like, Mike and I are, are pretty avid runners. Um, so we did like a 10 K for every day for a week. I think that was like, intense. Yeah, we, we thought that was cool. And so. then, and then I ran, um, I did a hundred miles in a week, which is, which was a lot for me. And at the end of it, I was wrecked. So <laughs> I can't imagine running 26 miles for, you know, more than twice. Like what kind of things were you doing to, to help yourself recuperate? So I feel like this is always a really disappointing answer for people because I'm like, I came up with the magical solution. I did not have this like magical formula or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I wish. Yeah, I'd be marketing that for sure. Like put on this, You're, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you remind me, like uh, I think women just really excel at ultra long distance running. You kind of remind me of like the Courtney DeWalter types, like, Oh, I eat nachos and I drink beer during my race. Is that what you were doing when you get finished? Like, come on. Uh, I, uh, well, thanks for the comparison. She's like a hero of mine. So, um, no, I really didn't drink too much alcohol, but you didn't really drink that. Like, no, I, I actually talked to my, I have a coach and I was like, Hey, so I'm burning all these calories. Like, is it okay to kind of supplement a little bit? You know, last two of mine, he's like, probably not the best idea. I'm like, cool, okay. <laughs> so, you know, just try it, try to keep it reasonable. But um, honestly, I, I chalk it up to like sleep is incredibly important. It's probably one of your best recovery tools. So, I, you know, it just there, there just wasn't that much to do. So, it's like, yeah, we can go to bed early, get up early. And then I had time most days to take like a 30 minute nap in the afternoon. Um, Proper nutrition, making sure you're getting in just a lot of calories, good proteins, carbs, fats. Um, I did try, you know, I wasn't going out in the afternoon after doing it and being like, I'm going to go walk like five miles just for fun. I was, I did, the rest of my life was a lot harder. I was definitely tired. And so it'd be like flight of stairs. No. Um, so I definitely, the rest of my life activity level was down a lot. Um, and then like, honestly, I chalk a lot of it also up to the fact that I did it when I was, I started when I was 26 and then turned 27 in the middle of it. And gosh, it's like, it's a lot easier when you're in your twenties, um, to recover. I think your body's just naturally like, yeah, bounce back. And so I think, you know, if I tried it 
at a later age, I think I would have to be a whole lot more careful with recovery than I was. Um, but yeah, I mean, sleep and eating enough and hanging out the rest of the time really were the biggest things. <laughs> that is, that is very, that's much a, a depressing answer. I was hoping you like, yeah. I was doing the Theragun that's, on my leg and stretching the, foam rolling. That's the DeWalter answer though. Uh, it's like, there's nothing <laughs> to it. Uh, it's funny too, cause you're, you're a teacher and I think she was a history. History she was teacher. A teacher. Yeah, she was a teacher. And so that's kind of a weird correlation that you <laughs> both got into. And I think she got in pretty young as well. So that's funny. Um, yeah. Did, Coming so, out there. If you want if you want another runner. Yeah. Go teach first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And you'll want to yeah. run away from that so bad you'll run miles for yeah. it. <laughs> um, so no injuries at all? No little tweaks or anything that kind of held you back on some of these marathons? Yeah. So um, I did – Right around the 50s, I started to have uh, what was, I think, headed in the direction of a quad tear. Um, so I did work with a, a physio kind of remotely. He was a friend of mine. And she was like, like, we had KT tape on it. I was icing it and doing icy hot on that. Um, and I focused, there was a track. At this point, we could run outside. And there was a track where I was living. Cause, um, like the military, you're in your house and you move on to base and then you fly. And so on base, I had access to a track and the softer surface really helped me. I think I was like very religious about sticking to that when it was bothering me. Um, but somehow within, you know, like three to four days of really babying it and really taking care of it, I managed to like, pull it back, um, which I wasn't sure if I could do that. But uh, yeah, luckily kind of nipped that in the but before it got to, too crazy, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me like, would you ever do this again? And I think it was an incredible stroke of luck um, to be able to string all that together and not be injured or anything like that. So I don't think lightning will strike twice. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, call, call it luck. How many people um, online um, so I'm sure you know who the Iron Cowboy is, right? I do. Uh, yep. So a lot of people talk trash about him apparently because there was a couple of times he had a run, um, uh, when he was doing the Ironmans, he did some stuff on the elliptical and there's people talking mess about him. Did you get any of that for running on the treadmill? Like did people try to downplay what you did because you weren't running outside? No, no one commented on the treadmills. I think because most people hate the treadmill. It's more like, I can't believe you ran on the treadmill mentally because that <laughs> sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when you explain the situation and, and also on the treadmill, I would always go like a little bit over just in case there was any discrepancy. I really made sure to like hit that because I was like, I don't want to put this into doubt um, and also, you know, tracking off of times like outside versus inside, they were almost like exactly the same. And so wow. like, okay, I feel confident that, you know, I am doing, I'm not just like running 20 miles on the treadmill and then 26 outside. Like, you know, if they're within five minutes of each other and I'm running a little extra, like it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, isn't distance relative of everything of like, we, we do the best we can, but like I had two garments running and they'd be off by a slight bit. So I always make sure the one um, that was lower was like the one I was using. Um, no, I had, I had got shipped from, for other reasons. People would be like, well, 
this is bad for you. I had someone say that my skin looked old because I like was working too hard or whatever. I was like, what? I get mistaken for an 18 year old all the time. I had <laughs> someone asked if I, my parents signed my wager to get a flu shot. I was like, what? yeah, lady, I think my skin is fine. Thank you. Uh. Um, and then, you know, just general people being like, it's bad for you. It's bad for your knees. Why don't you have a job? It's like, have you ever heard? Well, first of all, like COVID pandemic also never heard of like pro athletes where like your job is to run. Question right. mark. I don't know. <laughs> did you get any? I'm sorry. Um, no, go for it. Did you get any uh, sponsors reach out to you after um, doing this great accomplishment? Yeah, yeah. I um, I've, I work with a couple of companies and I've kind of um, had some other good results this year. So yeah, that definitely um, brought up some good opportunities as well. So I've been lucky in that regard. But yeah. Awesome. That's really good. That's such a, a, a crazy accomplishment. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and as far as like documenting this and this being like an official record, what did you have to show to prove that you did all the the running each day? Yeah. So that is a, is a marathon itself. It's part of the reason why I don't really ever want to try it again because it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, so I had to provide all of my Garmin information for every day. Um, I had to provide witness statements every day of two people that could, that were either like there or with COVID, they were a little bit more relaxed in like taking someone checking in on you, whether it's a phone call or a video chat um, because COVID did mess things up if people couldn't be with you all the time. Um, so I had to have two people vouch for every marathon I did of like, yes, I know she was doing it. Um, I know she was running like, I can vouch for it. Um, and then like all the media articles and all of that that came out of it. Also like photos and my Instagram, I had been like posting about it. So basically like anything that could prove that I'd done it and also like backup from people who knew that I'd done it, whether when we were allowed to be outside, like running with other people or people I worked with at the gym saying like, yes, she was doing it. Um, so yeah, all of that paperwork took a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what did your gear look like? I'm curious to know what shoes you were running with um, throughout this this journey. Yeah, um, my so primarily I run Iran and Hoka's. Um, been a big fan, especially for the road. You get in those Bondies and they are cushy. Was Bondies? Like Bondies are yeah. Bondies are Clif Clifton's. Um, were kind of my go-to. And then, uh, I use Nathan, Nathan's, uh, sponsor of mine. So like their pat hydration packs or waist belts, depending on, um, if I could like circle back easily for water. Um, yeah. Jaybird headphones were, I, I listened to, I crushed some audiobooks <laughs> um, along the way. And, uh, yeah, I, for nutrition, um, I used to work with Honey Singer for a while. I'm kind of moving in different directions, just um, but some Honey Singer stuff, and then a lot of Snickers bars and Red Bull were kind of. of oh, <laughs> Red Bull too. This is the Corey yeah. Walter of her uh, right here. Is the the things that don't make sense, yeah, but make a should, lot of sense. The yeah. stuff you shouldn't consume. <laughs> and Coca Cola, Coke, 
Red Bull Snickers bars. That's funny. That's a real thing, the Coca-Cola recovery. Yeah. The Coke yeah. is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's my secret weapon. In any ultra or anything, that or ultra or marathon that I'm struggling with, it is carbs, sugar, caffeine. Some um, The carbonation also helps fill your stomach. So, yeah, it's uh, good stuff. Oh, Coca-Cola during? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard, thought it was just recovery. I've heard uh, Floyd Mayweather yeah, talk yeah. about that. And there's also um, that CrossFit, um, where not not Rich Froning, but the other guy, Matt. What's his name? Matt Frazier. Matt Frazier. I think, everything. Yeah, yeah. I think he's big on, on Coke after, but I don't think he does it during. But I, I would get, I would get, you know, it starts regurgitating. Like going out, it <laughs> comes back out of my throat. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm sure it works. And sticker bars, too. Just all, the high calories. It's yep. crazy. Awesome. And stickers have again protein, carb, fat, like perfect ratio. They're good stuff. It's just I, I guess don't know it's... why I don't know why Snickers doesn't market more towards runners. I mean Killian Dornett's like best mountain runner ever. He swears by Snickers. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just bad for the people that don't do anything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what were uh, what were some of the audio books that you were listening to? Yeah, so I really love um biographies so i listen to a lot of athlete biographies um like nev who's a marathoner i can't think of his last name uh but amazing marathoner um i listened to a woman who ran around the world so that made me feel a little bit less wow. kind of insane um there's a british author that does adventure so like she biked across or biked every state in the u.s she ran the length of New Zealand. Um, so I really love like adventure stories and they kind of put me, I guess they kind of give me some assurance of like, I'm not totally insane. There's other insane people. And it's kind of fun to be like living someone else's life vicariously as well. <laughs> uh, we, I like, um, if I run, I really like an A to B kind of thing. I like the distance and time and stuff, but we, we did a, our first like 50 K from my house to like a college that's nearby. So it was like, it's kind of dangerous cause we're like right on the lo- alongside of a highway. But, um, it sounds like maybe you like the A to B stuff too. Would you ever do like a, a state to state or country to country or, or something like that to kind of, it seems like you like the record stuff, like something maybe someone hadn't done before. Yeah. So actually I kind of just, um this out of it so uh there's a trail that it's actually the start of the Appalachian Mountains um it's called the Pinhoti Trail and it starts in um Alabama like kind of mid-state Alabama um and then goes to northern Georgia so it's 350 miles and then actually you can connect it to the Appalachian Trail so if you want to start at like the true Appalachian beginning of the Appalachian Mountains you start like at the, the start of the Pinhoti Trail um, so actually like 10 days ago, um, 10 or 11 days ago over Thanksgiving, uh, no, there was no women's, um, supported record on the trail. And so I went down, um, and set the women's supported record on that. And, uh, I don't know if you know, Corey Waltering, um, is a North face athlete, but he holds the men's record. Uh, and I was about, I was hoping I could get as close as I could to him. So it was only about like seven hours behind him. Uh, it took us both a little over five days. Wait, so, oh, yeah. I didn't know you did it. I thought you were gearing up to do it. Uh, so you already did this. Yeah. 
I did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. This morning was kind of my first like little four mile jogish since then. Wow. So you did, so it was 335 miles, you said? Uh, 350. 350. Right around there. And that's, that's a different trail than Appalachian Trail? It's a slightly different? It is. Okay. It is. So basically, if you did like, if you looked at a, a Tobo map of the mountain range of the Appalachians, technically, like most people start in Georgia and, you know, go to, um, Maine, but if you really wanted to start like at the beginning of the Appalachian Mountain Range, you would start in Alabama at a mountain called Flag Mountain. So wow, because that's that's a that's a challenge in its own. The Appalachian Trail people try to run that in a certain amount of time. Too. Oh yeah, I remember seeing. Yeah. there's a famous guy. He's in the uh, Born to Run book. He recently that's tried right. exactly. Uh, I don't yeah. think he got it though, right? So he got it. Um, he did get it a few years ago, and then um, Carl Meltzer, whose nickname is Speed Goat, he took it the year after. Yes. And then another guy, I who I think is also named Carl Carl Sabe, maybe also took it after that. Um, and then Corey, who is the men's record on the Pinhoti, is attempting it uh, this upcoming year. So. Gosh. The speed goat. Yeah, I heard a lot about. He can run like in the sixes down rocks, and he has his own Hoka shoe, right? The speed goat. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Crazy He's athletes. Awesome. These guys are freaks of nature. What? So, what's another trail that you want to do? Um. So, I'm originally from Vermont, and I would really love to do the Long Trail, which is the length of Vermont. Um. And then there's some pretty legendary people who have done that or tried to take it on it is a gnarly trail vermont's like hilly it's not mountainous uh but it is just rocks and roots and technical muddy mess so yeah so that would be have you have you done like the leadville 100 and and those races and moab and all that so i'm actually doing moab this year Oh, um, what do you get all this energy yeah. this year? Golly, you just did almost basically Appalachian Trail. That's I, well, that's, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, it, like in a much different way, but yeah, I, I'm doing Moab this year. Um, I've done the Ure 100, which is on like heart, part of the Hard Rock course. Um, it's like forty over forty thousand feet of climbing in a hundred miles. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty gnarly. And then um, my this year, I'm hoping to do like one of the UTMB races, um, TDS. And then, yeah, Moab are kind of the two big ones. But um, yeah, I've done like Hurt 100 was one of the ones. Uh, I've done the Vermont 100K. Um, we raced quite a bit over in Europe because we lived in Italy for a couple of years. So yeah, yeah, I I would love to do Leadville. That would be awesome. And also, Texas has some amazing races that I'm kind of like itching to get down there and do. Um, which one was Kenny mentioning? The Jalapeno Habanero, the Habanero 100, Javelina. Yeah, Javelina. Yeah, I heard of that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's a so my strength is more like mount, more mountainous races versus like flat fast races. That is a super like you have to run really hard and fast for a hundred miles to do well at it. So um, that's like a little out of my, uh, out of my like comfort zone, which probably is a good thing, 
But uh, yeah, I'd have to train a lot more speed for that. Good Lord. What about the legendary Western States? <laughs> Got to get that one on your so, belt. Um, so I actually live only like three hours away from the race. And one day I probably will end up doing it. But like I said, I really, it, it's like a very, I, I run a race on part of it and it was fine, but it wasn't my favorite. And I much, I think I'd rather do like focus on the UTMB races rather than Western. It just doesn't, again, it's like a super flat, like it's not flat, sorry, super fast, flatter course. And it doesn't quite play to my strengths as much. And so if I do do it, I would want to take like a year or two really concentrating on working on my speed and working on um, like being really well prepared for that race. I wouldn't want to just kind of half-ass it and be like, yeah, you know, do what I can or, you know, try to get a qualifier. I would want to really focus on it. And right now my interests lie more in like over a hundred miles and then like the more technical stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like it has to be a bucket list for any uh, ultra marathon runner because it's just so much history in that race. And it's it's really hard to get into now. You have to basically, it's like a raffle uh, here and <laughs> it's like, you may not, but maybe, you know, with people, people like you that have a name like you do, I, I'm sure it's pretty easy to get in. Um, it's tough. I've, you have to, there qualifying races, actually ones in uh, Texas, where if you place in the top two or three, they get, you get like a golden ticket and they literally give you like this big golden ticket, like Willy Wonka, <laughs> um, that gets you into the race. Actually, Havelina is also a qualifier. Um, but the if you just are you have to run races to get tickets to go into the lottery and apparently getting in off the lottery is harder than getting into harvard what the like comparison right there <laughs> getting into harvard do you um yeah do you lift weights and do you swim and bike and all that stuff or do you own are you strictly stick to running no so i uh I do do some strength training. A lot of it is body weight stuff. Um, but actually, my husband and I are big, like, winter mountain sport type people. So uh, we do a thing called, like, ice climbing, um, where you have, like, spikes on your feet and ice tools. And <laughs> we do that. And then uh, we do uh, ski touring, which is, um, or like, backcountry skiing. So you have skins on your skis and you climb up mountains and then go down cool, cool bars and things like that. So um, definitely in the winter, I diversify a lot more. And both of those are a lot more strength based um, rather than running. I mean, running mountains, you have to be pretty strong. But um, yeah, a lot of my focus more in the winter is like, it's a, it is endurance, but it's also like fun, other stuff that requires building up some upper body strength and all that but in the summer i tend to stick spring summer fall are pretty heavy running for the most part yeah what um so some some fire questions real quick what what is your favorite watch to wear while you run um so i got just got the garmin enduro and it is unreal (laughs) it is such a good watch it is um Solar has solar capabilities, so it lasts like during the Pinhoti, which is five over five days of running nonstop. I charged it once fully and then once for like 20 minutes. 
Mm. Um, so it's battery life is unreal. I really like the interface of it. And also um, with the backcountry stuff that we do, we have an inReach with us and it's really nice to have, like I can connect the inReach to my watch. So, you know, if the inReach is back here right. and we get in trouble, I can just like hit a SOS button on my watch. Um, yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm a big Garmin person. It has its flaws, but you know, we all do. Are you, um, do you wear socks or no socks? Oh, socks. Definitely socks. Yeah. Are your, are your Definitely toes socks. all messed up from running long distances? Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> she picks them up. It's yeah. like <laughs> it's like a like check them out. <laughs> um, I I did get the comment from my family. I was talking to them after I finished Pinhoti, and my mom goes, "I think your potential career as a foot model is now out the window." Yeah. Like, so mom. when is I feel like you got a book coming soon, or like you, maybe you might be thinking about writing a book. So when's that coming? Are you is that in the back <laughs> of your mind? Um, I have almost 150 pages of it. So uh, he called it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I had someone call me out last week that was, or earlier this week that was like, so "You can run 95 marathons, but you can't finish a book." And I was like, "There, <laughs> I'm barely called out right now." Um, hopefully by next summer. Yeah, wow. I'm gonna throw that out there, saying next summer hopefully it'll be out. We're gonna hold you to it. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll have you. We'll have you on to help promote it. What do What do you want to, or what's your book going to be about? Um. So it's primarily structured about the marathons, but it gets really freaking boring a to write about the marathons, let alone reading them, because it's like, and then I eat a Snickers bar. Um. So <laughs> it's actually kind of structured around the marathons, but then flashing back, like chapters going back and forth of just. Um, kind of how I got into ultra running and some of the races. So I've been so fortunate to be able to, to race and run all over the world in many ways, having lived in Europe and Hawaii and, and a lot of places in the U.S. Um, so it's kind of intermixing that story and also just, you know, giving some more practical information, um, you know, about the marathons themselves and like, how does this happen? What do you do? You know, recovery stuff. Yeah. yeah. Drink a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> drink a Coke. When you're crying, drink a Coke. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast, Alyssa. How can people find you on social media, um, your Instagram, if you're on TikTok and all that good stuff? Oh, I resist the TikTok. I cannot add another thing. That's <laughs> too much. Isn't it? Into my life. Yeah. Also all my students, I teach high school and my students are all on TikTok and I'm like, nah, we're not, we're not going to Are they go there. constantly doing the dance moves in the hallway and all that stuff? They do a fair amount or they I'll often get like, Oh, there's this thing. I saw it on TikTok or like, there's this movement. I'm just like, Oh gosh. Shut up okay. about the damn TikTok already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but Instagram, I'm definitely an Insta jammer. Um, my handle is theory, T H E O R Y underscore in underscore emotions. Um, it comes from being a foo English teacher and being like, that's a theory. Uh, that's probably the one I'm most active on. And I try to respond or like I do respond to, um, any messages. You can always shoot me a message there. Uh, I have a website that sadly needs updating. Probably try to do that over winter break. Um, <laughs> it's AlyssaClarkRuns.com. 
Um, I do have some coaching if anyone's interested in that. Uh, and yeah, you can find uh, like my email and um, I think phone number on my website too. So awesome. Yeah. Any questions, anything anyone wants? I love talking about running. I love talking about stickers bars. So yeah, hit <laughs> well, me up. We definitely look forward to, to watching you um, expand in the sport because you're still so young and you got plenty plenty of years ahead of you so looking forward to it thank you and thanks for having me this is a great fun conversation yep thanks Alyssa bye